test, test. Okay, Lauren, you're messing with me now. I may, I'm having trouble with the mic too. <laughs> well, this thing's kind of wobbly. We're gonna go up here. That's good. I don't. I think so. Let's see. It's all right. Actually, all I need is one thing from here. Excuse me, real quick. Can you zip that up? Let's pray. Father, we believe right now that your miracles are here. That's no, fine. Yeah. That your miracles are here, God. We believe right now, Lord, that everyone that's here, Father, is going to receive something from you today. And Father, we believe, Lord, that no matter what, Father, we're going to see that they get the gifts of healings, miracles, and signs and wonders, Father. The very gift that I carry, Lord, to do greater things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Quick show of hands. Who received something last night? Come on. Now take up your other hand if God healed you. Let me see your two hands up if God healed you. Amen. Hey, look at all that. Look at that. Praise God. Praise God. A lot of times I go preach. I pray and we, we visit at a place. And either it's the one night there or that's it. I don't hear testimonies till I come back the next year. So it's good just to see what God's doing. It, it inspires me. Um, what I want to do today is to be very simple. I'm going to share three things. And I won't take as long as that guy there. But um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I will do my best to get, get this done in time so we can pray and then have a good breakfast. Right? Okay. That's the plan. That's the plan. So we're at like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. What I got? What is it? 30, okay. <laughs> 20, 25, 30. <laughs> I'm messing with you. <laughs> okay. Um, one day I was, I was just praying and, and trying to see what God would do. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching. I'm seeing people delivered. I said, Lord, there's more. There has to be more. Come on. We got to want more. Amen. We got to want more. I mean, it's, it's great that I'm going to see my kids doing this kind of stuff in their own way. You know, I, I don't ever pressure them. However God use them, God's going to use them. Praise God. But I want more. I don't have a church that I pastor or anything like that. Um, and, and that's part of the more because you're able to, to equip people and send them out and do things and evangelism. You got the offices of the church. So you got plenty of more there. So I said, Lord, you've called me this way. You have me traveling and preaching. What could I do? What could I add? And I was in New Mexico preaching. And, and uh, by the way, if you ever go to New Mexico, they got awesome Mexican food. And they have these, what we call the sopapillas. They're like, they're like a fried bread. It's like this big. And in Texas, where I'm from, it's this big. And Texas must be big. No. I'm like, they, I go, let me get two. I go, oh, brother, wait till you see the one. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. I took the second one to the, to the hotel. It's too big. Anyway, in Laredo, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come up here. I mean, in New Mexico preaching. And when I'm there, I know what God's putting on my heart. And it's to teach a small school, one minute, I mean, one, one day school, hour, two hours or whatever, and to impart along with my healing services. You know, I'll do a healing service at night. We'll have a breakfast or a lunch and I'll do a, an impartation service. After I finished preaching at that church, we didn't do the, the, the that came when I was between my time of waiting to preach and, you know, you have like days you got to, you got time just to kill. So I was praying and trying to figure it out. Well, afterwards, the pastor. Now, if you look at a, a, back in the days of the 70s, the, the hippie surfer, that pastor's still in that era. He's got all this hair. He's like, wow, man, that was an awesome service, dude. Come here. 
come here, you did awesome. Yeah, that's how he talked. And he comes up to me afterwards. He goes, dude, God's got a word from you, man, straight from heaven. I'm like, okay, cool. It's so gnarly. Man, you want to take that big one, right? That big way. It's, it's awesome. That anointing is strong on your boy. Let me tell you, come here. He goes, God said you're going to do greater things. I was like, amen. He said, greater things. He's called you to greater things. And he described a ministry that in the, in the 80s and 90s that they would have a healing school and they rent big auditoriums. Hey, baby. They rent big auditoriums and, and they would do an impartation, one day impartation. He goes, he goes that's something like you're going to do. But God said it's going to be different. He said, because the people you impart to, it's going to be more intimate. And that you're gonna that they're gonna do the exact things that you do. It's not a, a a phase of it or or a style of it. No, the exact things you do. So I, I put this together for a, a church that asked me to come and do a one night healing school for them, and they're starting a college in, in their a Bible college in their school. So I went over there and I, I just put this together real quick, just praying, writing down this, writing down this. What I would want to teach a man of God or a woman of God, not just about healing. Healing's easy. Come on. God does all that. God does the healing. Y'all know how to pray. I don't need to teach you any of that stuff. But I teach you the responsibilities of this gift. Before I even lay hands on you and impart it to you, I want to make sure you know what the requirements are. And they're very simple. And it's something you probably already know. But I'm going to give you my life and my experience and my testimonies of how I had to learn what God called me to do. Two people that I prayed this over that I that come to my mind every time I teach this class. Ronaldo from last night. Remember talking about Pastor Ray? The first time I preached at his church, he came running to me and he goes, I want it. I go, What do you want? I want what you got. And he goes over there and he goes, You're not leaving the church until you give it to me. I'll even lock the door. I was like, Okay, okay. So I prayed over him. Do you know Ronaldo goes to places I don't go to? Honduras, goes to um Ecuador, go to places I have never been to, and he's seen people get out of wheelchairs. He's seen blind eyes open. He texts me in the middle of the night, a blind eye open, brother. <laughs> I, Amen. He goes, would you believe the lady got out of the wheelchair? I didn't even pray for her. She just came up and hugged me. Greater things. He said, this is what um, the pastor in New Mexico said. He said, the greater things is you're going to duplicate yourself. You're going to be able to say, here, this is yours down. Now go do the same thing I'm doing. And around the world, there's a fire. And it's your fire, your anointing, but duplicated in other people. And they're doing the healings and miracles because they're tapped into your anointing. You're putting your anointing on them. They're able to go out and, yes, they got their gift. Yes, they got their anointing. But you're tapped into them too. And now they can do bigger things because they have your anointing on them that I've given you. He said, that's where the greater things are. So today, we're going to do some greater things. I'm going to impart to you afterwards. We're going to make a little horseshoe here all the way around with the, with the line. I'm just going to walk by. And your hand's going to be put out like that. Pastor's going to give me some oil, and I'm just going to anoint, 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 anoint real quick. And you're going to have the gift. Another person come to mind. George went to San Diego to preach. I mean, like I said, I don't speak Spanish that much. I didn't know George was actually Jorge. <laughs> so my friend's like 
hey man, how did well the guy I just met at the airport, the, the pastor's brother is picking me up to preach at this huge church. It's like, how did you get in with my brother, man? He don't ever have any guests. I go, oh, George. He goes, George, I don't know a George. And he goes, yeah, George told me this. And George, you know, I actually pray for George. I told him in one service, a year before that, I prayed for George. He would do the same thing I want to do, the same thing I'm doing. I pray for him. And he's out there doing the same thing in Tijuana, Mexico. He's out there doing the same thing. You know, he was praying for somebody. And they had a stomach issue. He put his hand there and a light showed up in his hand and he pulled something out of the lady. He's freaking out. He texts me during service. What do I do with it? I go, just throw it. Just throw it. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Greater things. 14 people were lined up and he was praying for. And he's about to pray for them. And oil start pouring down. Oil start pouring down their heads just like a faucet turned on. And he texts me, what do I do? I go, just wait for a minute. Wait for a minute. Let it finish, and then you pray for them. And he, so he did. And he goes, oh, brother, they all got healed. I go, how do you know this? I go, just experience. That's the only thing. I mean, I was in, was it um, Los Angeles? I was praying for this one person one time. Nobody tells you how to do this stuff. And the, the guy's elbow, from his elbow to his, his hand, and then from his elbow to his, his shoulder, a ball this big started going back and forth like that. It was like a, going faster and faster. I'm like. What do you do? <laughs> so I looked at it. I go, I'm going to catch it. I'm going to catch it. So I caught it. As soon as I caught it, it disappeared. But it was going so fast when I was praying for him, and he had an arm problem. It just kept moving faster and faster. And I'm like looking and saying, maybe God's going to do something. I know this isn't God. This is something else. <laughs> you never know. But you're going to have gifts. You're going to have anointing. You're going to be able to go do the things that God has for you to do because he's called you to greater things. Amen. John 14, one verse we're going to read. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. The greater works is this. You're going to go do it. You're going to go do it. You're going to go do it. I'm preaching, and I'm praying for greater things. The greater things is me producing myself in you. Amen. Me giving you the same gifts. But it comes with responsibilities, just like on Spider-Man. We know about that. With greater <laughs> with, with <laughs> greater power comes greater responsibility. Amen. I'm going to tell you, there's three things. I want you to write it down. And leave some space so you can take a note. So. You have to be willing to do the work of God. Willing to be used by God. Write that down. Willing to be used by God. When I was um, when I was when I was uh, was it um, early in my days, just got out of the Navy. You know, you're in one place, or maybe you were at a church, or maybe you were at a job, and you had an identity there. You were there; people knew you, people understood you. You walk in the room; they they knew who you were and what you brought to the table. Well, when I got out of the Navy, I didn't have that anymore. I was on a ship with 300 people; they all knew who I was. I was the rev. I was the one that prayed for you. So when I came out of the Navy to back to Houston, Texas, to take care of my friends and my family, to see how they're doing, my mom and my, my sister and brothers, my brother, no one knew who I was. I had no identity, although I was the same guy, come on. I was the same preacher. I was the same person that prayed for you and everything. But for nobody to recognize you, it was difficult. It was difficult. And maybe some of you have been in transition like that. Maybe some of you, some of you have been in that spot. So what I, would, what I did was preached. I went to the parks. I went over there, and, and I, I preached to the homeless. 
I, I did everything I could just to get, try and find that satisfaction. You know, God gives you satisfaction. After you preach a sermon like last night, oh, you're satisfied. You feel it. I used to call it a high, and my friend Gerald Davis, 86-year-old, said, don't be saying that, brother. Don't sound good. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like you're, you're there, and you feel like you did your part in the kingdom today. Well, I wasn't getting that, no matter what I did. So I had that. I don't know if you had those here, but those shirts that said Lord's Gym or God's Gym. You remember those shirts? They had a little workout guy that was, it, it said uh, he paid for your sins or something on the back. And I had the black shirt with gold on it. So I would go, and that was my favorite shirt. Favorite shirt to go evangelize. Favorite shirt to go preach. Well, I went out there preaching one day. Came home. I was so tired. My, my sister and my nephew were gone. They were out in, in another city visiting and vacationing. So I had the whole place to myself. And this is a true story. But this is going to prepare you for what's going to be happening to you. I went to bed. I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just wash my shirt in the morning before I go and preach again. I took a shower. I went straight to bed. Sleep on the top rack because my nephew was being a little punk. He wanted to give me the bottom rack. Because <laughs> I was living with I just got out of, the out of the military. So I was still transitioning, trying to find a place to live. And my sister needed help. So I was helping her with the bills until I could find a place. And then, middle of the night, I heard a door open. I'm like, nobody's supposed to be here. I heard this door open. I looked at the corner. And I, I mean, I wanted to look at the corner, but I was hearing steps. And I'm like, oh, man, it's coming close to the bed. So I opened my eyes. It was an angel. His head touched. We have nine-foot ceilings. His head was right on top of the ceiling. I looked at him. And it's not like I got freaked out. Not like I just jumped off the bed and said anything. I just said, what's up? <laughs> I knew him. I may have never seen him, but his presence was familiar. You know what I mean? I knew him. And he looked at me and he, and he goes, he grabbed my shirt and he starts walking off with my shirt without saying anything. He just waves, walking off with my shirt. I say, hey, it's my shirt. Where are you going with it? He's like, I need to borrow it. I go, for how long? He goes, I don't know. And he goes, He's about to open the, came out of the closet door. He's about to go back into the closet. Seen too much wrestling growing up as a kid. <laughs> I jumped on him and held his neck and he's cracking up, but I got my legs wrapped around his waist and I'm trying to pull him to the ground. And if, he goes, what are you doing? I go, you want that shirt? You got to wrestle me for it. <laughs> so we wrestled. And finally, like I said, too much wrestling. I got him pinned eventually. And then he said, okay, okay. And he threw me my shirt and he goes, he goes, I'll see you. And he started walking off and he got to the door. I said, wait. Threw the shirt to him. He said, you bring it back washed. You bring it back armed. And I want it folded perfectly at this, this right here by the window on the bed, on, off on the floor by the bed. He said, got it. And he just went, heard the door shut. Door shut. I hit the pillow, woke up again. I was like, did that happen? You know how you have those dreams? Did that happen? So I slowly went to the door. Open it really slowly. Nothing in there. Like, oh, must have been a dream, right? Cool dream, though. So I started walking back. My shirt was folded, was, was washed. It was ironed and folded perfectly right where I told him to leave. Come on. Come on. God's with you. I tell you that to expect the supernatural to happen. When the gift that I'm about to impart on you is imparted, expect supernatural events to happen. Expect them to, to see them in your life. 
So in between that time of trying to search for my, where how God was going to use me again, I was also searching for a pretty woman. Hallelujah. Praise God. I was. And I want to talk to you today about the blue-eyed devil. <laughs> anyway, I got a phone call one day. And it was my birthday. And how many of us on our birthday, we ain't doing anything. We're going to do what we want to do, right? That's, that's, that's us. That's who we are. I mean, that's just our birthday's a special day. And my phone rang, and I looked at the call ID because there wasn't cell phones back then. I looked at the call ID, and I'm like, oh, it's her. Picked it up real slowly. It's my birthday. Maybe she wants to say happy birthday. Take me to lunch or something. <coughs> Hello. She's like, hey, David. I go, hey, what's up? She's like, hey, I, I, know, I know it's your birthday. I go, she goes, happy birthday. I go, oh, well, thank you. Um, I thought she was calling me for my birthday, but no. She goes, I have a friend that just that just had a um that just had a stroke or had a heart heart attack and he's in the hospital. He's a co-worker here at the airlines and I go, they don't think he's gonna make it. Can you go pray for him today? I mean it's my birthday. Come on. I pray 364 days of the year, but one day I do not pray for going traveling and doing everything. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, it really means a lot to me, and I'll take you out to eat. I go, ooh. Dinner with the blue-eyed devil. Sounds wonderful. I'm like, okay, sure, pick me up. So they picked me up. Took me to this hospital. When I got to the hospital, this man, his family was there and friends from the from the work and everything. And they were just like he was dead already or something. They're crying and it was, and of course, I guess it was traumatizing. But anyway, I walked over there and the doctor's telling them all these grim reports. And I looked at him, I go, okay. And I go, is that chapel available for anyone? He goes, yes, you can pray in there. I go, come on, everybody, we're going in there. I'm 22 years old. I'm like, come on. I went in there, small little chapel, maybe like half the size of this, well, maybe like this area right here. And I said, and I just talked to him. Well, first of all, God's going to do a miracle today. Second of all, God's going to save some people tonight. Third, who here knows Jesus? Two people raise their hands. I want you to come over here. Y'all help me. And I preached. And I preached on expectation. I preached on faith. I was a young preacher. Lasted a whole five minutes. <laughs> I know after last night, you're like, really, David? Five minutes? You know. Anyway. <laughs> He's the one who said I didn't have any time limit. <laughs> so let me know when it's 25 minutes. Rick. <laughs> and then, so, and then, um, so I went in there. I said, got them all excited. Got them all saved. I said, God's going to go do a miracle. So I go over there. Y'all wait right here. Come on. I'll be right back. Walked over there to go see the man. When I found the woman, the wife there. I looked at anyone interrupted. And she goes, are you David? I go, yes, ma'am. Please pray for him. Please. But don't take long because he's fading already. I'm like, sure. No problem. No problem. She walked out. I went like that. Made sure she left. I'm like, whoa, good God. This man looked gone. He looked gone. He looked dead. I'm like. Ooh, I don't want to touch a dead body. I'm walking around and trying to look at his stomach to see if it's breathing. Like, went over there. I took his pulse. I got a very faint heartbeat. Okay. The machine wasn't even registering. It's like going. I was like, well, he's close to glory, Lord. So, you know, if you want him to come back this way, just send him. But let's pray. So I laid hands on him. I said, in Jesus' name. I go, oh, his body's cold already. In Jesus' name. Father, heal this man. His family loves him. And Father, we got like 20 people saved today. They're excited. They, they're believing. 
Let's give them their first miracle. Let's believe right now, Lord. He's healed. He's healed. So immediately after that, his body got warm. He got a little color now. Okay, he don't look as dead. And then the wife came in and she goes, he finally goes, look. She, oh, she starts hugging him and kissing him. She goes, thank you. The Lord's doing it. Let's just keep believing it's going to finish. So I go back to where I left those people excited. And guess who's in there? A doctor. Giving them grim reports. Tell them that's all he could do. Tell them there's nothing else. No one could change anything. But he's going to heaven. He's going to die. And everybody's crying again. I worked hard to get them their faith up. So I walk back in there, and the doctor's telling them, doctor, doc, 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 I'm 22. I don't know. He's like 50 or 60. I don't know how old he was. I'm like, sir, sir. He goes, yes, young man. So you say you did everything you can. You said that there's nothing else you can do, that there's no more hope. He goes, absolutely. Okay, goodbye. Because what? I go, I'm sorry, but you're in my office here. I go, you can, you can share the report. You did all you can, so that's all you can do. You can't do anymore. You're not needed anymore. Goodbye. And I got them back their faith up, and I got them back believing. And I gave them a good report. So when I have the wonderful dinner with blue eyes, drop me off home. I was like, darn it, didn't get a kiss. Anyway, can't <laughs> get my water real quick. And, and I, so I went, you know, went to bed. But we'll think about 1.30 in the morning, 1.30 in the morning, my faith started to leave me on this. I start wondering, who's been like that? I start worrying. I start making a problem of what was not a problem. And I'm like, Lord, come on. Don't let them die. Don't. These people, they need this, Lord. I start going crazy for some reason. Just that enemy coming in to, cha to challenge your faith. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm just going to believe. It's going to be done. I got no sleep. Then my phone rings at 8.30. I'm like, oh, who's calling me at 8.30 in the morning? Nothing good happens early before 9 o'clock. <laughs> Someone's car is broke or someone, someone, some injury. or I have no, Nothing happens before 9. So I was like, okay. So I picked it up. Oh, it's blue eyes. <laughs> Let me check this out. Okay. Hello. <laughs> She's probably like, how does he always sound like that? <laughs> She's like, Dave, I just wanted to call you. I hope I didn't wake you up. No, oh, no, I've been up. It's fine. I'm good. <laughs> and she goes, well, I just want to talk to you for a sec. Um, well, so-and-so, um, he went home today. I'll go, he went home? Oh, man, when did he die? What time was it? <laughs> she goes, no, you idiot. He went home. They discharged him. <laughs> The doctor said he had a new heart. He had a new heart. I was like, amen. Any chance for a second lunch? No. <laughs> we did pull off a miracle now. <laughs> well, Blue Eyes wasn't the candidate, so that's gone. Anyway, you have to be willing to be used by God. You're going to get that call, and you have to be willing to be used. Say, you know, it's not my gift, it's God's gift. And willing to go do what you don't want to do at times. And just go and just do it, and God is going to produce something. The next thing you want to write is expected to be used by God. You should expect it. You should know that God's called you. You should know that you've been chosen. You should be, know that there's a gift on you. I was in the Navy, and everybody knew me in the Navy. As a guy that prays, had an unusual ministry at times whenever we came into port. I'd go buy these tacos that were real cheap. 
and I bring bring them to to the ship because you know half the ship gets to go home, the other half has to wait there for the weekend or wait there for two or three days. You know, we had different duties, and and it was port and starboard, so half went home, half stood. So I'd be always be on the one that was able to leave because I stood people's watch whenever we're on, out to sea and different things. So I would go buy all these tacos. And when I get the, we get to the best decks, these guys have been eating our food for who don't know who long, who knows, three weeks, a month, two months. They've been eating the food from the ship, but they could not leave the ship because they're on duty. So I have all these wonderful smelling tacos. And I'd sit there in the mess decks and wait for someone to walk by. Hey, Dave, you got tacos? Can I have one? Go, absolutely, you can have one. But I need to talk to you for a few minutes and pray for you. I'm listening. Here's your taco. And they would tell me their heart, everything going on in their life, and I would pray for them. Time after time, I had a taco ministry, but I figured with the name David Yanez, probably not good to have a taco ministry. So, just weird. So I was on the ship. Everyone knew where my rack was. We didn't have doors, but we had a rack and had a little curtain, and everybody respected that curtain, and they'd knock on your rack if they wanted something. They wouldn't just pull it open. That was your only privacy on the whole ship, was that little, small area of your bed. Middle, about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, someone knocked on my... We're in port. Someone knocked on my on my on my my door <laughs> on my on my rack, and I go yes. They go Rev, I need prayer. Man, <laughs> and it was my friend Robert. We call him Cat because he looked like a catfish. We always called him Cat. <laughs> we all had nicknames. Mine was Rev. Thank God. But everybody we have weird <laughs> nicknames <laughs> just because how they looked or what they did or something. They made a mistake and that was their name forever. So yeah, that's just how the navy is. How military is. So he comes over there. And he goes, he pulls out his hand. His ring finger is hanging. He came down a hatch, you know, the ladder that goes down, and these big things are on top that close the hatch when we have to make water tight. And his finger got stuck in that coming down, and it ripped his finger off. It was hanging there. And I'm like, dude, you got to go to medical. He goes, there's no one there. I go, did you try the next one? No. How about the deck ship? No. <clears throat> and I go, well. I go, come on, I'll, I'll get the ship's keys and I'll take you to, to, um, to the hospital. He goes, David, I came to you. Because I know you pray. And I know that not many people in my life talk to God like you talk to God. He goes, I've seen you pray and I've seen miracles happen. He goes, so I'm here. Do what you do. Expect to be used by God. So I said, okay, I'll pray for you in one condition. Let me bandage you up, stop the bleeding, at least manage that thing a little bit. He goes, okay. So, you know, we all have a little bit of uh, EMS, paramedic skills. They teach you a little bit of, of basic stuff. So I took care of him and stuff. And then, and then he's like, okay. And I just got some oil, put it on his finger, and I'm holding his finger like this. I'm, I'm, I'm literally pushing it back in. And I'm like, Father, he came by faith. And Father, honor his faith. Heal him right now. Father, I believe right now when he wakes up tomorrow morning that he won't bleed to death. And, and the other thing is, Lord, that his finger would be healed and back on without even a scar in Jesus' name. He said, okay, Rev, I'm feeling better. And he took off. Well, again, 1.30 in the morning, guess what happened? I'm starting to worry. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can be arrested if he dies in his rack and just bleeds to death because I didn't report it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like trying to pray and say, Lord, you got to heal him. So it was all night praying for him, all night interceding because my faith was leaving, even though I should have just believed the faith prayer that I prayed. It happens. It happens. 
And I was uh, 20 years old. I was 20 years old during that time. And in the morning, I'm eating breakfast because breakfast is the best meal of the day, but it's only the best meal of the day. It's the only good meal of the day that can be cooked on the ship. So, so you miss breakfast. The rest of the meals are horrible. So you get breakfast. How, who can mess up an egg? Who can mess up bacon? I mean, really, come on. So, so I made sure I was right there at the gate every time I opened, got my food because food's better when you get the first one to get the food. So it's like I'm over in breakfast eating. He always knows I'm the first one in the chow line, and I wave at him. He comes in, and I see him get him some orange juice. And I, and I look at him, and I wave. I'm trying to get him to show me his hand. And he, he's doing it on purpose. He's not saying anything. He's just getting his juice and stuff. I go, Robert, your hand. He goes, oh, you mean this? His ring finger was back. And he goes like this. He pulls off his ring. He pulls off his ring. He goes, not even a scar, Rev. Not even a scar. God is good. God is good. Expect for God to use you. Someone's going to knock on your door. Someone's going to call you on the phone. Someone's going to text you or email you. Send them back a prayer. Don't think. Just do it. Just do it. The last thing, and that was expected to be used by God. So we did willing to be used by God, expected to be used by God. The very last thing is confidence to be used by God. Confidence to be used by by God. We're talking supernatural gifts. We're talking healings. We're talking miracles. You need to have confidence that God can use you. And say, well, I don't know if I can pray and food can show up like I did that India thing that happened and they fed 200 more people with the food. You need to have confidence that it can. God can use you. I'm no different than you. God can use you. Hey, I grew up and what we call the ghetto back home. <laughs> I, I don't know what y'all call it here, but we call it the ghetto. <laughs> and I'm out here doing this. I had the privilege of going back to the ghetto that I came out of, and I talked to the kids and young people there and say, hey, I'm the same as you. Drugs didn't affect me. Gangs didn't affect me. We had the same problems. I go, but I knew God, and God knew me. And I knew how to spend my time with God. And God got me out of here. And now I'm flying around everywhere I want to go and by faith. I'm eating wherever I want to eat. I'm staying in whatever hotel I need to stay into. But it took time to build. It just wasn't automatic. My faith had to grow. So I know how it is. Anywhere you go, anywhere you're at, God moves. And you got to realize it doesn't matter who you are. You could be the lowest man on the totem pole. But God will use you. I was at a church Back before my sister saying which husband it was now. No, I'm playing. <laughs> it's a husband number two. Anyway, she was, she, we're at, I was at chapel similar to this. It was called Chapel in the Forest. It looked really nice for a chapel. You know, they always had a lot of weddings there. And um, my, my future brother-in-law was preaching. So I was just going to go and encourage him. Just, just sit in the crowd, be there just as an encouragement for my brother, my future brother-in-law. Sit down, finish preaching. Eh. Okay, sermon. But I still clap and say, oh, well, you did wonderful. Whenever they say, you did wonderful, that means you sucked. <laughs> I'm serious, especially when you started out. <laughs> I know I've experienced it. When I was 16 years old, I preached at my cousin's church. He had a very famous Tejano band. And if you don't know what Tejano is, it's kind of a Mexican-Texas mixed culture. A little Texas sound, a little Mexican sound. It's called Tejano. And it was a Christian band. 
everybody would say, please come to our church. And he could book for a couple of years. And he would always put me, well, I'll come to your church. You don't even have to pay us. We'll take an offering for us, but we won't have our, we won't have our own honorarium. He goes, if you let my little cousin preach. They go, who's your little cousin? He's a dynamic preacher. He builds me up and all that. I go there. I last a whole five minutes. <laughs> hey, more music, I guess. And it's like, <laughs> I preach this wonderful sermon on God's heart for a whole five minutes. But it's a beautiful sermon. I lost it somewhere, but I probably can remember it. And everybody just looked at me like, oh, he's doing wonderful. <laughs> he's wonderful. I know, I know how that feels. So I looked at My cousin comes up to me. He's got the bass. He's playing the bass. He comes up and goes, my, well, my nickname's Boo. He goes, Cousin Boo. I go, yeah. He's like, you did your part. Now go use your gift. I was like, okay. Anyone need prayer, get up. And they got up, 16 years old. Everybody laying on the floor. The pastor laying on the floor. Everybody just out. The band, out. I go, you want to pray for the band? He goes, pray for the band. I pray for the band. Drummer falls on drum. Keyboardist. Everybody. And then I didn't even touch them on the stage. I just pointed to the stage. They started out 16 years old. You see this power, this gift that God is using. It's amazing. Then I sat there because everybody's out. I'm drinking my water. I'm not leaving even though service is over. I'm like, somebody said something about a check. <laughs> anyway, I'm 16. I'm hungry. I want a burger. <laughs> so I'm at this church. My, my brother-in-law, he's finished preaching and then the pastor who knows, you know, he's, he's a known pastor of that area. And he knows all these young men in his church. And he knows me because of my sister. He introduced us. She introduced me to him. He goes, I want all the men of God, every one of you to come up here. I want you all to come up and pray for everybody. You, God's power is on you. And he's really like with exhorter and everything. He really wants to be a, he really wants to do what I'm doing here. But he's not called to do that. But he always, I mean, because you know how I preach in my voice. I preach in the, in the, in the way my personality is. When he preaches, he goes all Billy Graham or all Oral Roberts, and it's not his personality. He's a nice, soft-spoken man. Also, he's like, God, I'm like, oh my God, who is this man? But use what God's given you, not what you want. Use what God's given you. Anyway, he, he went over there and called everybody. So he made me come up there. I was sitting down, just kicking back, and he's like, no, David, come up here. Come up here. You're a man of God. Let me tell you this. I knew from the beginning when I was born, all the way to that day that God called me. I didn't have to have any affirmation. I didn't need to have anyone lay hands on me and say, you're chosen to go. I didn't need anything. God called me. I knew it from the beginning. I never worried about how I preached. I just preached. They receive it, they receive it, and I pray for them. And it didn't matter. I didn't need that. I had confidence that he would use me anywhere. And so the, all these lines were packed. Oh, these other men of God, the other, these other young men. I'm over here in the corner, brother. I'm right here like where you're at. You can hear crickets. You can hear just nothing happening over here. Nobody's in my line. And uh, I was the only brown. <laughs> so it's all that side. And I'm like, well, maybe they don't know me. Maybe it's my color. I have no idea. And they just, they, no one came to my line. Except some party body pulled on my shirt. And it was a really small little young lady, young woman. And she goes, hey, hey, what's up? And she's like, she goes, I need prayer. I'm like, cool, but man, things are happening in those lines over there. Look at that. There's, uh, people are falling. People are screaming. I'm like, there's a lot of movement there. She goes, I know. I wish I can go on those lines. But I got to go to work, and I can't wait. So I got to, you know, I have to go with you. So chosen by default. No big deal. So I said, okay, cool. I said, what do you need from the Lord? I still said the same things I say today. 
She goes, well, it's an unspoken request. I'm like, well, you're not giving me much to work with, but okay, let's pray. So I pray for the unspoken request. I pray, still remember the prayer today. I said, Lord, touch my sister. Bless her. Heal her, Lord. Make the crooked straight in Jesus' name. Amen. She looked at me and she goes, that's it? That's all you got? I go, we didn't give me anything to pray over. And you call yourself a preacher? I go, most of the time. And she, <laughs> she walked out and she slammed the church door. I go, well, why don't you go and, and jump in? I don't have time, okay? Thank you. Thank you. And she walks off. Angry little lady, man, very angry. <laughs> she took off. So a few months later, we're at, the, we're at my sister's wedding. And I'm over there me making a mess of things, messing with my sister, doing the toast and stuff. And then, and then it's like I'm walking back to my table. And as I'm walking back to my table, someone pulls the back of my, my tuxedo. And I'm like, turn around. It's that little lady. So I pulled her in front. I said, hey, what's up? She punches me in my stomach. Hey, you remember me? I go, yes, I remember you, angry little thing. <laughs> it's like something happened. She's happy. <laughs> and then she's like, yes. She goes, let me tell you what happened. I go, tell me what happened. She goes, ever since I was a child, my feet were like this, like a crow. I have special shoes just to walk, and it's painful. I have a special pulley system in my bathroom so I can take care of myself in the morning and get ready. I have to crawl to my bathroom on my stomach like a little soldier, put myself into this pulley system, do everything that people just walk in and walk out and do. She goes, it's, it's, it was frustrating. She goes, I'm 27 years old, and I'm tired of it. The night you prayed for me, oh, I was so mad at you. I got to my car. I couldn't even get the keys out. I dropped them, and I picked them up, and I opened the door, and again, I said, why did I go to that line? And I'm like, man, she's got some bigger management classes or something. You know, take some kind of like a pill just to calm down or something. Child, you're crazy. And then she goes, she's like, I got in the car, and I said, oh, this man, he's not a preacher. He can't even pray. <laughs> he's not a preacher. And she drove to work, and she got to work. And when she's driving to work, she's complaining to God and saying, I can't believe this guy. Why do you even have him out there? Why didn't he even show up today? And she's blaming me. <laughs> so she pulls up into the, the, like a department store she works at. She's going to get out of the car. She turns off the car, and then God says, Stop it. That is my son. Stop disrespecting him. And she started to cry in the car. And she cried and she cried. And she goes, yes, Lord, I'm sorry. I receive his prayer. And she went into work and everything. She got home. In the morning, she was brushing her teeth. Brushing her teeth like she normally does. And then she looked back at her bed. And she spit the toothpaste on the mirror. She walked for the first time ever in her life to go brush her teeth. That's the first thing she always did every morning. And she didn't even realize that she was walking to the mirror until she was brushing her teeth and she looked back. And then she spit the toothpaste out, right? And then she slowly looked down on her feet. God healed her. So even when they say, are you a preacher? Have confidence that you really still are one. You have to have confidence. Confidence that God will use you. Confidence. Confidence. So I want to pray for y'all. I told you really short. Something simple. I want to pray for you because I, I want to be able to part this gift.
And I only want you to stand up and get in line if you want the gift. If you're going to be willing, if you're going to have expectation, and if you're going to have confidence that God's going to use you. This way. I want you to be able to, to honestly tell yourself, will you use this gift? Because I'm giving it to you freely. I'm giving it to you no matter where you're at or in life. The kingdom of God's gifts are not subject to repentance. I'm going to give you this gift, but I want to make sure you're going to use this gift. And that this is a requirement before I pray for you for that, is that you know those three things. And if you're willing, stand up and get make one line all the way around. I'll come and pray for I'll come and release this gift on you. Amen? And I'm going to tell you this because I'm sure I've seen, seen the eyeballs. You may not be called to do exactly what I'm doing, traveling and stuff. So it's just that God's going to use you wherever you're at for miracles. Okay? Amen. Amen.